Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hello, it's David here. Thank you for listening to The Leader. We bring you news, commentary, interviews and special features from The Evening Standard every day at 4pm. And we're recorded on the day of release, so you're getting the latest for your commute home or however you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to make sure you're up to date every day. Now, from The Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Miles, and we're going to do things just a little bit differently on The Leader today. There's been a lot going on in the arts and culture world, from Taylor Swift dropping a surprise new album to the Tate gearing up for reopening next week, which our editorial column has called a symbolic sign of life returning to normal. So for this episode, I'm joined by the Evening Standard showbiz journalist Lizzie Edmonds in London and from L.A., perhaps taking social distancing too far, is Katie Tunstow. Katie, I want to start with you. And you've been banging the drum for live music during this pandemic lockdown. I want to start by asking if you saw Nick Cave's live stream for Idiot Prayer this week. Long, lonely ride across the sky Seek out mysteries while you sleep it was really stark, really lonely, just him, a piano, and that massive expanse of a stage at Alexandra Palace with no audience. It's beautiful, but that's not a live gig, is it? It needs that audience. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the thing that's been a massive challenge. First of all, the tech side of it for us artists has been a nightmare because A, the sound on a lot of these platforms is kind of altered there's like you know inbuilt noise cancellation which gets rid of your guitar i mean it's so weird and then the other thing of course is that in between songs it's just total silence and i remember when i first went to japan someone said to me don't freak out but it's completely silent they clap for five seconds and then it's just silent and it was that's exactly what it was like and it makes you it really kind of puts you on edge when you don't have that feedback loop when you're playing. Are you missing that, Katie? I am missing it. I mean, more than, more than, to be honest, I've been touring solid for 15 years and I'm busier than I've ever been. And all I ever do is go, I wish I had some time at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got that, right? What I really miss is that sharing aspect of your life, of your day, of seeing other people's faces, but also, you know, as an artist, as a musician, 
you're a hub for people. You're not just, it's not just about the music, you know, and that's what it is about these small venues as well. It's not just about being platforms for people to become massively famous. These are really important community hubs where people get together and see each other and hang out and meet people. And, you know, I think I've always felt that being at a gig, you can come away from that just feeling like anything is possible. That I miss. Where would you have been if you hadn't been able to do those live gigs, Katie, just starting out, maybe just you and some mates kicking around in a bar with a tiny audience in front of you? Honestly, I'm, my heart breaks for new artists right now who were just on the cusp of releasing stuff, just starting to do shows and just starting to get some momentum with what they do because that, that period of time when you're starting out as a musician is really tough. It requires a massive amount of self-belief to, to put yourself out there, to put your new music out there. And what you need is that approval from your burgeoning audience. And that, that's really, really difficult now for, for anyone in that position. And you, the, the hard thing is that you don't get, you don't get many shots at that stuff. You know, it's it's tough anyway. So, Kenny, how have you adapted and been able to change and stay connected with the audience through this pandemic? Well, I'm going to do something interesting now to give you an example of what I've been doing, which is... I'm, I'm gonna... very nervous. <laughs> Don't be nervous. I'm going to go live on my Instagram, which is a private Instagram account with my Patreon fans. Hi, everybody. So they're all here now with us. And so- Hi, Katie's fans. Hi. It's the evening standard. <laughs> um, sorry, guys. Basically, well, I've, I've had a real revelation during this time because when I'm touring, I'm on the road, traveling somewhere, trying to find something to eat, doing my sound check, and then I'm doing my gig. And I'm doing my gig to maybe, you know, anywhere between a few hundred people and maybe a few thousand people if I'm opening up for a bigger artist or whatever. And I don't have an awful lot of energy during that day to communicate with fans. And of course, while I've been at home during this time, um, I, all the energy's there to do whatever I want to do. And I was like, how can I be communicating with fans at this time they can join me in any recording situation and I go live with them and they can just watch. So we did a session in Studio 3 in Sunset Sign Studios where Prince recorded Purple Rain. So weirdly, even though we're not seeing each other in person, I'm actually in touch with my fans way more. I think a lot of artists have said that, you know, that the social media has come into its own in the past couple of months and now you very much can interact with people in a, in a kind of much easier way. So that's cool. There was one thing I thought that was really good fun that you did do with your fans. Now, we've all been talking about Taylor Swift dropping this surprise album, but Katie, you dropped a surprise single when you did Wash Your Hands, didn't you? How did that come about? What, what, what were you thinking there? Some director friends of mine were going to be doing this video with a bunch of celebrities and they were going to, it was all about, it was with the UN about washing your hands and how, you know, how to giving a, a kind of, you know, informational 
song about what to do. And I, so I started it and then the whole thing fell apart. And I was like, this is great. I don't want to just waste it. And I did it all on my laptop. No instruments, no guitar, just a little mic, this, this little microphone and my laptop. And then I got amazing champion beatboxer, Grace Savage, to come and do a rat, like a kind of breakdown section on it. And it was really also for families and for kids to help them have a mantra and understand what was going on. But it was so great because we did it for WaterAid and WarChild, but WaterAid got in touch afterwards when I sent it to them and they were like, Katie, your chorus is 20 seconds long. It's a perfect hand wash. Oh, awesome. yes. <laughs> completely uh, unintentional, but it worked. And of course, joining us, as I said earlier, is Lizzie Edmonds from the Evening Standard. Now, Lizzie, I've been listening to that Taylor Swift album. And like Katie said, the tone is quite downbeat, but it's had a massive impact already just on release, hasn't it? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, um, it's de it's a huge departure from what a lot of people would have expected and, and know um, Taylor Swift for. It is much more quieter. Yeah. It's much more subtle. Smile, black lipstick, sensual politics. When you are young, they assume you know nothing. If there's any women on the planet who can read a room, it's Taylor Swift. <laughs> You know, she's just yeah. a consummate, brilliant, professional, extremely talented mm. writer. And I think that right now, while we're still in this situation, I, I did this amazing online um, BBC Global Questions with um, Herbie Hancock. <laughs> I couldn't believe I was on. <laughs> it was honestly, David, I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to speak. Hancock, um, but he was just amazing, and he said, you know, music is healing. Music is a healing force, and people, some people have sort of felt that's a bit of a woo woo thing to say, but they're really feeling it in this time that it's it's a medicinal force to to listen mm -hmm. to music and to actually use music to soothe you at a time like this. We're still maybe going to get an album from Kanye as uh, as well, aren't we? Now he's been. He's been, he's been in the news quite a bit. Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> mental health a little bit because it's important to mention that, that he is bipolar, he does suffer from bipolar disorder and he's obviously been struggling and suffering throughout whatever he's been trying to achieve here in the States. It's been really difficult to watch because it's a really extremely pivotal moment in history right now about what's gonna to happen to the future of the country for the next four years. So it's quite difficult to sort of use as all the empathy for this because it just does feel like it's, it's, it's very distracting at a really difficult time. But he's a very talented and very, I don't think he's, a, I don't think he's an ill-meaning person. And he's, he makes brilliant music. I did tweet out when he said he was running for president that I was really hoping that actually he pretended that he was really good friends with Trump so he could get audio recording of him getting just terrible compromise on him for 45 minutes. And then the whole album was just like Trump, like digging himself a hole over really sick beats. And that was going to be the record. But I don't think that's going to be the record. Um, <laughs> it's obviously always a big event when 
Kanye releases a record and I and you know Kim Kardashian put out this statement and she is right he's achieved some massive goals that he's had um so I don't think we'd be expecting anything subtle or uh you know anything short of being surprised by what he does release. I think we will hear from him. I think there will be a release. I think he's done this before when he said it will be, you know, 12 o'clock on Friday and it eventually arrives a few days later for whatever reason. So fingers crossed and it will be another another interesting work, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Could we have handled a Kanye release on the same day as a Taylor Swift one, Lizzie? Uh, I'm sure. We, I'm sure we could have. It would have been very exciting. It would have been a lot of excitement for people who've maybe not had much in terms of uh, celebrity news and, and music yeah. news and, and new releases to have two big hitters. Um, who would have? Who would have grabbed the proverbial mic on stage with those two <laughs> releases coming out at the same time? I know that is actually interesting, Lizzie. You're talking about kind of showbiz and entertainment coming back to to life again is there a feeling that the cultural world is like katie was saying healing now because we've got the tape reopening next week haven't we we have the tape reopening on monday at 10 o'clock uh, so that's a good step um yesterday i went to the police owned by andrew lloyd weber um and beverly knight the singer today did a show um, and it was really to show how uh, live venues such as the Palladium can kind of come back and and do um, increased hygiene measures and social distancing measures and there was a lot of uplifting sentiment there yesterday and it felt um, joyous really actually Um, but for the cultural industries in in the UK um, live performances they still haven't got a date Um, which is becoming increasingly frustrating for a lot of people. And it's similar to what we heard from the pub industry and the gym industry and all of the industry. It'll be August the 31st. Okay, they can work towards that. And obviously these shows and, and these uh, musicians, you, know, you can't just drop everything and put on, a, put on a show in four days or five days. It takes weeks. What they just need is, is a definite date from our government to say, uh, this is when you're working for and if that doesn't work out because there's a second spike or but it's decided it's not safe then yeah. they feel lost yeah there's been frustration on our side because you know there was this massive wave of pubs reopening and sports yeah. events some people being able to sit in a row of six people on an airplane and disappointing scenes of soho being absolutely rammed and they're saying oh we can't have gigs because shouting spreads coronavirus it's like oh what yeah no one shouts in a pub ever <laughs> have you been to a pub <laughs> and, and then the other thing that you know i i want to give a shout out to is the is the crew and the people who work around live music and that's something i think that people have maybe got a bit of insight into during this time is that it's not just about your ellie goldings and Katy perry's doing these huge shows and making tons of money there's like over 200,000 people in the UK working in the live music industry. And a lot of those people are freelance. And the problem that we have is that if they're not given any assistance, they're going to have to get other jobs. They just don't have a choice. And so even if we come back to it, we need people to be working in the venues and, and working at the sound desks and the lighting desks. Otherwise we can't do the show. So, and that's a really specialized workforce as well. Katie, when will you feel safe 
to put on a show again? Well, honestly, I was I was so gutted because I had a drive-in tour booked um, for September. So I was coming back to the UK in a couple of weeks to quarantine for a couple of weeks and then do the show. But it really, unfortunately, got cancelled. They were saying that local lockdowns were just making it impossible to know whether these shows were going to go ahead. So honestly, if I was given if I was given assurance that the proper steps were being taken in a venue to make sure people were safe, I would be up for playing. Um, but we just need to know from a scientist, <laughs> like what is safe and what, what should people be doing and how should this be done? And to be honest, um, it sounds like at the moment, the safest situation would be for stuff to be outdoors. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's that to consider as well. But um, I mean, this is the thing, there's no silver bullet, right? There's no answer. It's completely unprecedented territory and we don't know. And so we have to keep prioritizing people's safety. So it's an outdoor arena tour for you next, is it Katie? Arena tour <laughs> on my own, no one in the audience. <laughs> We've just got to, where are the holograms? Come on. We've got to get yeah. the holograms going. I want holograms of all the audience in the audience. <laughs> Someone was actually telling me that it's not that far away with the technology that you just actually, it's just a sheet of glass and a projector and that you could literally be in your living room watching a hologram of your favorite artist playing. I mean, it's certainly not a live show, but um, you know, there's, I think it's, you know, Limitation breeds creativity, it always does. And I think that that's, this is a really important moment for artistic people to become as creative as possible and, and, and keep that connection with their fans and come up with ideas of things to do. I'm getting on Patreon and doing a collage, a collage class with them soon. And like another fan taught us how to do Brazilian rhythm and we're just getting together, we're just getting together when we can and that that is an amazing kind of stopgap situation while we just have to work out how to how to handle it and that's the leader pick up the newspaper for more on these stories or you can keep up with all the latest news at standard.co.uk check out our go london section for more on arts and culture there's a review of taylor swift's new album there four stars by the way and a really interesting piece on what british artists are longing to see at the reopen tate the leader podcast is back on monday at 4 p.m Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.